I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And I'm Al. Now we understand that every three seconds a new podcast is created and now there's actually one podcast for every three people. So we just wanted to take a minute to say thank you very much for downloading this one and we hope you enjoy it. In a nutshell, we realised that some of our film tastes weren't what you'd call conventional. So we decided to talk about them and hopefully shed some light on some films that either didn't get what we felt deserved at the time or we just wanted to rewatch and talk about them. You don't have to have seen the film, but if you haven't, you may want to just give it a quick Google. What's the and that? Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, a podcast where we discuss films that we feel may be underrated, underappreciated, or we just want to talk about them. Uh, I'm Josh Hallam and I'm here with Adam Ward. Oh. Um, usually I'd say I'm here with Al Bollins, but um, he's off doing some actings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're joined by an equally special guest or guests, as I should say. We're joined by David and Luke from Nocturnal Coast. How are you both chaps? All right, yeah. Good evening. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, so we always start with a random question, um, which you may obviously, you may or may not know. Um, I'll ask Adam first so that you know. Adam, what's the best chocolate bar? Um, oh, you really put me on the spot here. Um, you know, I, people, people will probably disagree with me on this, but I am fond of a Twix. It's a biscuit. Yeah, it's, it's covered in chocolate. Fair enough. It's a, a Twix. Yeah, I do like Twixes. Or maybe maybe a Mars bar. I grew up loving Mars bars. Yeah, I don't mind a Mars right. bar. Yeah. What about you, David? My favourite chocolate bar. Yeah. I think I'd have to say a Whisper. A Whisper? Yeah. Mm. Oh, actually, you know what? Whisper Gold. Is that the one with Whisper caramel? Gold. Whisper Gold, yeah. They <laughs> only bring them out at certain times of the year, usually around Easter time. Whisper Gold. I think you know. Uh, Luke? Um, bit controversial. Um, dark chocolate, so like, I suppose Bourneville. Oh, oh not Bourneville. Controversial, yes. but pineapple pizza. Someone's <laughs> yeah. already a dad over yeah. there. <laughs> Bourneville. Something like that. Um, I don't know what mine is. I quite, I'm, I, everyone always scoffs at this, so I've got no right to scoff at you. I like a dime or a dame, depending on what you say it's called. I didn't know they still made those. Yeah, and I like a crunchy as well. I've never heard Yeah, them. crunch is a good shout. Dame. dame or dime? D- um, I've neither. It's like a solid caramel in, covered in chocolate, no? In the mid-90s, in the mid-90s, they had a commercial about like it being like an armadillo. Do you remember that? Do you ever see that? <laughs> like, I remember in primary school, they had this commercial. It was about how the chocolate bar is like an armadillo, how it's tough on the outside and soft on the inside or something like that. Now you're considerably older than me. Yeah, this is so, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an old man. You're I'm an 18 old man. months old. I swear old that's a real thing. <laughs> Listeners, if you, if you do recall this, uh, this advert, let us know. <laughs> Uh, so this week's film is Nocturnal Animals, so obviously spoilers for that. Um, I don't think it's that old, so you know, do be wary if you don't want it spoiled, but you know, still listen to the episode, just I don't know, listen to it on silent or whatever. Um, it was actually picked by uh, Luke, um, you picked this one, um, specifically yourself, because Dave, Dave, I know you hadn't seen it. Mm. Uh, to give you a little bit of background on the film, uh, it's, it is based on a book. It's, it's it, Amy Adams plays an art gallery owner who... Um, is sent a manuscript by her ex-husband um, called Nocturnal Animals, and the, the the story gets kind of more and more graphic, and she starts to pick pick it apart 
in terms of how their relationship ended and 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 that sort of stuff uh, and that's all i really say about it because um, we'll talk about it more uh, in due course so uh luke why did you pick it i think it's a very misunderstood film mm. i feel like all the reviews of reds or people's opinion um they're not quite getting at what the film's about like t- to me I don't I don't think I've seen a film that's reached that level of regret all right or like, okay. it's kind of like a the way the way it flows and the way it's told it's very harsh in a, the sense of one's regret to a decision in the past and so for example throughout Amy Adams character when she's reading the novel she will pick out things because obviously we're watching the novel from her perspective mm. two two women in the novel they're dead on the red couch mm. we it didn't have to be a red couch we're watching it from how yeah. she's seeing it you're you're interpreting her interpretation exactly if yeah that's yeah correct. and yeah. If, so. if you remember when in the in reality she's telling her ex-husband Edward that she doesn't quite understand is right or it's not that quite on par mm. she's sat on a red couch when mm. when their arguments like sort of stems and they get really heated over like sensitivity and mm. how you write something and i feel like people are miss like people misunderstand how someone can take something from someone much bigger than they do at the time if that makes sense yeah it's very it's a very layered film so yeah, yeah, um, i suppose you're you're going out from the point of view of wanting to revisit it and you feel it might be slightly underappreciated, would I be right in saying? Yeah, yeah. I think and obviously, so. I suppose, without stating the obvious, you're called Nocturnal Coast. <laughs> yeah. It's called Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, yeah. Am I right in thinking you took the band name from the film? Yeah, I feel like... Because when I was writing a group of songs at first, I wanted to like call them the collection of songs Nocturnal Animals because something I had experienced kind of reminded me of the film all right yeah like between me and someone else there was there was i wouldn't say parallel but there was definitely a a similarity and yeah i was writing these songs with the influence of of the film and the influence of the situation i was in Mm. and originally i wanted an album called that but um the coast part of the, the the band name came from being like living by the coast by, by the coast makes, myself makes sense and i always <laughs> wrote the lyrics late at night so yeah, i feel like that was a lovely get together of like the film helping me write the songs yeah. and where i was writing the songs was you know late at night on the coast so it's sort of yeah it's funny i think i mean i've never i'm not a musician myself um i know adam you you are a, a little bit of a musician yeah, yourself extent. um have you been in bands and stuff? oh yeah yeah because yeah. i always like I've never been. I, I wish I, I wish I could learn the guitar or the piano or something like that. And I've always thought, you know, whenever you think of a band name, it always sounds like an impersonation of a band name. <laughs> but I quite like a band, like a name for a band that has a story behind it, um, or a meaning, or a, a, a subtlety, a message, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like your own name, or I don't know, like Joy Division or someone like that. You're yeah. like, obviously, it's quite dark. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's it's got a meaning behind it. I feel like that's that. It's annoying for me, really, because I'd rather. I'd, I wish it was just like oh, I just pick pick two words together. Like, there's yeah. like, but but there's like depth behind it, and I don't know. Some people might see that as like trying too hard, but but it actually, it was just kind of it just felt right. You know what I mean? Like, and all, and also the, your output affects how you remembered. Like, if if yeah. if Arctic Monkeys weren't really good, they just people probably just think what a stupid name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But because and people good. always did. Like they, yeah. they always said the name was terrible in the early days. And I remember I saw an interview with Alex Turner and he was saying about uh, John Cooper Clark being the first oh, yeah. person to say he liked the name. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, the Arctic Monkeys, they went for the period where we were like every every MP was trying to look cool. It was like Arctic Monkeys been out for about five years and they were mm. going, of course, I'm a very big fan of the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving well, moving back onto the film. Adam, had you seen this going into it? No, I hadn't seen the film. I, I knew the film. Yeah. Um, and I kind of knew some of kind of the critical response and who was in it, but I didn't really know a great deal about it. And I kind of I quite I kind of liked that going in because I had no kind of preconception on what to expect. Yeah. Well, and Dave, am I right in thinking you hadn't seen it either? Had you? I I only watched the film last night, so I guess I have the perspective of someone who's only seen it once and's going off memory of that first viewing it's not an easy watch 
you know, it's not Toy Story. Yeah. You know, like pop it on mm. a Sunday afternoon, have a cup of tea, lovely. You know, I think it's something you have to get into and yeah. really watch and really it's, take it's definitely it in. quite rough. It's it's viewing. it's something that I I found from my experience of it. At like, it, it it was a film that when you watch it for the first time, you think to yourself. He's got the manuscript. Oh, is this about a, a, a story that actually happens? Is this something that actually happened to the mm. family? And they're mm. recounting what's happened. And then you think to yourself, oh, wait, shit, this is actually just fiction. And maybe it's just yeah, a manifestation. It's a, it's a manifestation yeah, it's, of, um, it, yeah, how, of how he felt about yeah, yeah, her yeah. leaving Absolutely. him. I'd agree. I, a lot of the times when I was watching it, I kind of disassociated the fact that this was the novel. And it seemed more like this was kind of their story, especially with kind of how much she emoted while while reading it. Like how yeah. much it physically affected her, but then you kind of, re- you kind of as you're watching it, you're realizing, oh, it's because it's referencing this thing that happened in their relationship, as opposed to this bigger thing that seems to be happening in the novel. It's mm. it's so layered, isn't it? It mm. really is. It's like, for example, obviously, for those who haven't seen the film, it gets darker and really violent and quite graphic in, in, in points. But it's within the manuscript of the book that Amy Adams' character is reading. And there's times when things will happen to a character and I would feel sad or hot, you know, things are happening to Jake Gyllenhaal's character who is the fictional character within the book. And I'd be like, oh, that's horrible or whatever. And then something in my head go, yeah, but it's just... You realise yeah, that it's just it's like, Well, the, in the, I've, re- I've read the book, but it's by an author called Austin Wright mm. called Tony and Susan. And there's no actual, like, when it goes into the, the novel, in the novel nocturnal animals there's no like description of the people mm. so when we're watching the film she instantly sees him as the the, the dad, the, the dad the and, and then a, a ginger woman and then a ginger daughter as the family mm. which was was like her daughter with her other husband and like her ex-husband and then it's the the car that that stops them with the hillbillies in Aaron Taylor Johnson's mm. character the car they're in, the green car, can't remember what car it is, but it's the same car that is between uh, Tony, Jake Gyllenhaal's like, real character, if you want to call it, and a uh, fella at the time when she's getting the abortion. The green, there's a green yeah, car and it's yeah. in between them both. And that's the same car that gets in the way of the family on, mm. on, in the novel. But she's she's seen that green car. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's yeah, that interpretation of, of how is she of something. I mean, like, yeah. I obviously, I, I also hadn't seen it going into it, and I'm similar to you, Adam. All I all I remember thinking was I, I knew it was quite harshly treated when it came out, and I also knew it was a Tom Ford film. So I went in thinking, well, it's gonna it's gonna be very stylish. Mm. It's gonna have a good cast. Yeah, yeah. And other than that, I knew it was quite kind of dark. So, Adam, what did you think? Yeah, I really liked it. It was really dark. Um, I think it's quite different from the things we've had on the show so far, which is what kind of appealed to me about yeah. it. It was something, apart from the fact... That it's not Ferdinand, is it? It's definitely not Ferdinand. <laughs> definitely not, oh, it's definitely not Austin Powers. No. Um, <laughs> but no, it's interesting. Uh, really interesting layered performances. I think from Amy Adams especially, because she doesn't have a lot of lines, but there's, she's, she's, she's sort of so... You see so much of her character just in kind of her facial expression. I think sort of co- looking at it from kind of an acting perspective, that was yeah. so interesting to me yeah. that she yeah. could do so, so much with so, so little. Yeah, I don't know. Th- yeah, I, thinking about it in hindsight, she didn't really have any lines, no, did she? Yeah. I, I, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. It's, a really, it's a really difficult job for an actor to do, which is just reacting to something mm. that you'll see. That, that like, There's a big thing, isn't there, about like Tom Hardy? Because for about, for about three years, Tom Hardy, every film he was in, it's like half his face would be covered, so he'd have <laughs> yeah. to. I'd have to act with his Max, eyes. Bane. Mad Max, Bane, um, Dunkirk, yeah, Dunkirk. All, all these. He's got half a face. Christopher um, Nolan, yeah, like his and face. it's <laughs> and it's the same in this. Yeah. You know, Amy Adams is essentially reading a book through the whole film and reacting to. It. I mean, I think I don't think there is a bad performance in this film. No, I think I it's so yeah. so well acted. At the time, I remember I was thinking. This film's gonna be like revolutionary. Yeah, maybe that's just from my viewing because I was so into it. But I was like reading about it and people reviewing the characters and how they were performed, and like not to sound like ignorant, but I feel like they just didn't get it. Like I just feel like they didn't understand the, the performances. The criticism that I mainly saw of it, and it's funny that we're reusing it now, is that it was mainly style over substance. You know, everything is, everyone's got really, everyone's really well-dressed, everyone's really well-off, um, that kind of thing. But I I think I disagree with that because I yeah. think that it's purposefully stylish because it's kind of, 
it's showing you what her character has in her life mm-hmm. and what she's lacking. So she may have all these material possessions, absolutely stunning house, amazing car, lovely clothes, and everything is. If you look in the in the real world, everything is very clean and sharp and almost quite cold and empty, which yeah, I think yeah. is what people have interpreted as style over substance. But I disagree. I think it's showing. I think it's purposefully yeah, cold, it's haunting, and purposely, yeah, yeah kind of um, purposely style over substance. And I do. I agree with you there. I think there is a, an element of um, misinterpretation yeah, over that. Yeah. Well, especially like the. I'm a big fan of Stanley Kubrick, and I feel like if he, I feel like that that was right up his street. I feel like obviously if he was oh, still yeah. around, he'd have done it. I feel like Tom Ford did a really good job, but I feel like it reminded me of like uh, The Shine and A Clockwork Orange. It, it just gave me elements of that sort of dystopia mm-hmm. sort of feel, but it was still all real. Like it's an, all, ab- yeah. an absence of an absence of things makes yeah, you focus on yeah, what matters, definitely. kind yeah, of thing, yeah, and. Um, yeah, it's funny because another criticism I remember thinking, it was very, I think it was quite an ill-informed criticism. I don't know who it was. It might have just been a general internet thing. But someone said, oh, it's, it's just basically an advert for Tom Ford clothes. But there's not, there, there isn't actually a single Tom Ford product in no, it. No, no. And I really, I mean, I, I could never, ever afford them. But I love like Tom Ford suits. If you, yeah, if you yeah. don't know what they are, it's, if you think of Daniel Craig's James Bond, he does all the Daniel Craig suits yeah. for the James Bond. But very sleek and stylish, quite minimalist. Um and I and and but again, there's nothing that she wears. As no. far as I know, this is just what I've read that, or that anyone wears in the film that is um, that is Tom Ford. I mean, from Tom Ford's point of view, you wouldn't exactly want some of the characters in these films well, no. wearing no. <laughs> wearing your clothes. Aaron Taylor Johnson's character, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Dave, you hadn't seen it before. What did you think based on last night's view? I'm not going to lie; I also watched it last night, mm. but I like to watch it as freshly as possible going into the record. So. It is a film that you have to focus a lot on. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not something that you can, I guess, just have on the background and still understand the main plot of the story. No, it's, it's, not, it's not speed or yeah, like it's, something like that. It's something it? you really, really have to focus on and, and, and something you maybe have to do a little bit back, a little bit of background research on. Yeah. Like it's... Uh, with with it, the, the, the way the narrative flowed mm. confused me a little bit at first, but as the plot went on, I, I, I sort of got it. You click into place, don't you? You, you, cl- you, you, yeah. you start you start making connections, and you think to yourself, "Oh, wait, this didn't actually happen. It was it's just it's just a work of fiction." And you realize that it's uh, and then and then it goes to go back into the past about when they were in a yeah, 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 absolutely yeah. goes yeah, yeah. back to when they the first met, well, re met, yeah, at, at like university sort of times. Jake Gyllenhaal's character Edward in the real world is not actually in it in the present day. He's only in it in the past as yeah. a young man. Mm. Um, I like, I like, which that is good. Aspect. It's, I mean, like you say, it's non-linear. So she's reading the book whilst thinking about her own relationship, whilst also in a real life. So it's yeah. you're kind of spinning three plates at the same time, if you like. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really difficult to actually construct a narrative that interweaves so much and still have a consistent flow on it. It's it's very difficult to do that. And <laughs> it is. Props to the uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. It was like in the final scene um, when she's waiting in the restaurant, I was expecting Jake Gyllenhaal's character to arrive with some kind of Same. eye patch or something on just because of where we'd last seen him in the story. <laughs> yeah, because you know he gets his head oh, smashed yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's got like, oh. it looks like he's lost his vision. You mean the, even though, so the, the character yeah, in the, in in the, the book. book? Yeah, <laughs> even though I know that was the book, I was still expecting him like, is he going to have some kind of scar well, I, or I, something? I, I think that rep, that represented him not showing up actually. I feel yeah, like yeah, definitely. He's blind to a kind of thing. Well, he, to me, the uh, Bobby... The the uh, detective, he is the conscious of Edward in real life. Mm. So like, he's quite on it, and he's on it, but he's also dying. And then yeah. a year passes, and then he they, they reopen the case. So it's almost like not giving up on something, mm. which would be Edward sending the book mm. to her. Yeah, and then he goes, he disappears before he kills Aaron Taylor Johnson. The mm. the, the um, detective disappears, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. and that's sort of him letting go of his conscience of the past and he's not weak anymore and he's sort of like a, st- a strong character yeah. and he has to, he, he can get over this and then obviously his eyes battered the left side of his side which is like the creative side or like as you want it like love lust and that's disappeared now and then he obviously die you know from impact he dies and mm. that to me ever represents he's moved on from here 
in the real world or he has he has actually died or he will die soon or he's given hints that like I'm over you whatever but then there's also a really like sort of like a controversial opinion I have where he didn't show up maybe because he is actually too weak to reignite a past you know what I mean no one actually it's, I mean, it's all open to interpretation yeah, that's, 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 what, that's, that's what's thing really about good that. about it yeah. isn't it yeah. I, read on, I read online that him not showing up is his kind of ultimate revenge well, yeah. Well, the f- yeah. films re- like the revenge. It, the big, not beat around in, the book. in in the art gallery as well. well yeah, that big sign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they try the whole film to show you what it's about revenge, and then like after if you like, oh fuck it, is a big piece of art saying revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Just you're yeah. not getting it. Yeah, it, it, was, yeah. it was interesting. So the the art throughout the film became sort of more blatant as it went along. Mm. Like it was quite kind of exactly open to interpretation. Then as you go along, it's revenge. Here's a shot in a field of a guy with a gun yeah, well, shooting another guy. It got, it got more and more kind of blatantness in the word I'm looking for, well, but it, more. Well, it it becomes more face. parallel. Yeah, everyone. like when when um, the person who works for us shows the phone of the baby. Yes, and then the, the character of Aaron Taylor, like the rapist Hillbilly, shows mm. up. Mm. That that's like sort of her own like man thinking like she's she's seen a baby which she chose to lose behind Edward's back and she's using that as a parallel in the novel of mm. someone taking the family away from them. Yeah, it's yeah. like the two, the two worlds. And also it also deals with that thing of her never sleeping, which as, as anyone who still to sleep knows, that's when yeah. you start, you know, that. not necessarily hallucinating, but, you know, if it gets bad, you do. But the, that, the two worlds start to bleed together, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, that's where the concept of her reading the manuscript. I mean, it, that device, of the, the the kind of story within the story is, is not a new thing if you think about like the princess bride you know that's where someone's reading the story or the idea of people from the real world if you like playing people in the fictional world that's something that was done in something like if you look at the wizard of oz like at the end of yeah. that all the actors yeah, yeah. who are the scarecrow and the tin man are her family so it's not even new but i've never seen it done in such an adult way with such kind of dark themes if you well, like it's more raw like i think they don't beat around the bush they're not like to me anyway like with a lot of them films you feel like it's a bit of a dream mm. but I just with this film I just didn't get that I, I just got even reading like reading the books harder first time like I got about 20 pages and was like I'm gonna start again <laughs> yeah because it just it does cut like it does say when it's cut into each part but I feel within the the, the screenplay I think it's quite it, it, I think it's diverse enough for you to follow it first time. Obviously, you said, David, you've got to be focused on it. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I went to cinema to see it first time. So, like, I was, yeah, I was just on the whole thing. I'd like to yeah, see it in yeah. the cinema. Yeah. I, I feel like that's an important I, I, yeah. thing to raise with some film. Like, some films, like, to, to be in it, like, Wind River, like, in the cinema was great. I think another, my example that comes to mind for me is Inception. Oh, yeah. When I'm you done. first watch Inception, there isn't, like, even if you concentrate, I, I, I think I came out of that film and I was, like, mentally tired. Yeah. I was, like, I'm trying to track all the layers <laughs> in my head. Prisoners. Well, prisoners, prisoners as well. Yeah, prisoners for sure. Yeah. What did you like about the film, Adam? Um, I thought the story was great. Performances were fantastic. I think that was the big thing for me. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was just unreal. Yeah, like yeah, he's, he's so incredibly unlikable, but he still had that kind of like that sort of like rugged charm, despite being so horrible. Like you yeah. could see how he could like work worm his way into he those kinds of situations. Ever, I reckon he could, could could have played the Joker. From being honest with you, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like, I don't see why not feel like it, even with that character yeah when he's like tapping on the window yeah that darkness pale, yeah pink and i think pets. i think he's quite an underrated actor because yeah. he's been around for he's ages nowhere yeah. boy. i was i was gonna yeah. i was gonna mention nowhere yeah. boy which fun fact was shot in our school well, part yeah of yeah. Was, yeah part of it toilets. was shot in our school the toilets i was, gonna, yeah. I was like oh my god i've pissed there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, Shh, give it down you I pissed there. honestly <laughs> in that scene <laughs> In that scene, you can almost smell the piss. <laughs> oh, no, it's going through the worst. I feel like he, he acts quite sort of sporadically, doesn't he? Yeah, he's not done that much recently because I think him and his wife have just had a, yeah. a, a baby or like in recent times. I thought, you're, you're, I thought is, you were going to say divorce. His wife no. is the director of Nowhere Boy. Yeah, that's really? how they met. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, she wrote or directed oh, one of the Fifty Shades of Grey yeah, films. Yeah, but he's, I've not seen him, I've seen him act, but you know when you think like someone's really... That probably sounds a bit. That just doesn't mean to sound condescending. Not that Aaron Taylor Johnson's going to listen to this, but when you can tell someone's really trying, like I've seen him do like Kick Ass, which yeah. is quite good in, but it, it's not particularly like a stand-up performance. I've seen him in obviously the second Avengers film. 
he's fine in that. Yeah. Cinnamon Nowhere Boy, he's done a few things when he was younger, like Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. But it was just the first More time I was, I was like, he's a he's a proper, legit good actor. Not that yeah. he, I wasn't thinking he was, but he's very, very good in this. Yeah, he's so, so creepy. I think he represents the, the, the ideology of the story. I think his character yeah. is representing... Yeah, because the other two, the, there's three of the gang, but they yeah. they kind of they do have a name and a face, but not yeah, not really. Yeah. It's like it's him, isn't it? He's the villain. He's the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I, I I don't think there's a poor performance in it. Uh, I think Jake Gyllenhaal is outstanding. Yeah. Again, I think he's pretty good in everything he does. He, yeah. He's always he's got that consistency. Like this, crawler. yeah. I was gonna say yeah. he had like a sort of a three four year window of sort of only doing great stuff like yeah. Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. Nightcrawler. Have, so, have you ever seen Nightcrawler. Source Code? No, that, that is good. Oh, that's a yeah. great Jake Gyllenhaal. David film. Bowie's son directed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's a um, fantastic film. But he's always good. Have you seen yeah. Jarhead? Yeah, mm. yeah. He's, he's very good. In he's yeah, he's yeah. really good in that. I remember um, the first film I saw him do was uh, this film called Bubble Boy. Oh, that was, was really weird. Yeah. So weird. He's really very, weird. Is he young? young yeah, yeah, really young. I think he was. He I think it was Dark before he did Donnie did Darko. Um, but he plays. Some boy who uh, basically has this illness where he can't go sort of outside, so he lives in a bubble. Like um, the John, there's another one, the John Travolta one. Yeah, yeah, same yeah, story, similar yeah. to that. Yeah, but it, but <laughs> yeah. it kind of turns out spoiler that he's um, you not actually anything wrong with him. It, oh, like right. he, there was when he was a kid, but then his mum just wanted to protect yeah, him. And he's had this whole proxy. yeah, right, and then I think there's a bit where like his bubble breaks or something when he's outside in the real world, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> it was a very strange film. I thought Michael Shannon was good in it. Fantastic, oh, like, yeah. He's brilliant. He's... He, was the, he was the lighthouse of the film. Yeah, mm. he was, he's he was the moral the, centre. The metronome, yeah, as they is. call it. Yeah. Again, I think he's a really underrated actor. Michael Shannon? Yeah. He's so intense. Yeah. Like, if he really was that policeman, you'd shit yourself. Yeah. Like, if was, you had to be interrogated it, by him, getting right up in your face. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like he was the sort of the courage of the Jake Gyllenhaal character, wasn't he? Because yeah. he, yeah, I think Jake Gyllenhaal in the, in the novel, really, he really represents a kind of the weakness of his character yeah, yeah, as a person, doesn't he? And Whereas, that was the strength. Yeah, 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 absolutely, definitely. Obviously, we know, Luke, we know you love it. What about Dave? What did you, what did you like about it specifically? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm. I think very similar points. It was very well acted. Um, like I said before, I liked how they how they tied together all these interweaving plot lines, like the mm. like the actual the manuscript itself, and and the and of course the main character is a Susan. Is her name? Is it in the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Susan. yeah. The main character Susan. I like. Um, I like her dealing with the, almost almost like nihilism 
in a way yeah. just dealing with the yeah. lack of meaning misery. and like misery. Misery. Yeah. misery yeah I think what's something I really like is um, the casting of Isla Fisher and Amy yes. Adams because they've essentially gone it's that thing isn't it of when you are a film star you carry with you a certain baggage and you are if you've ever studied any film theory you learn about how you are a product same with a band you know you aren't to if you look at like like Bob Dylan, he's not like a person. He's he's Bob Dylan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. his job isn't he doesn't go home and he's not Bob Dylan. It's, he is Bob Dylan, that yeah. kind of thing. And I think that's one of the things that the film does really well. Is it basically goes, oh, we all know that you confuse Isla Fisher and Amy Adams, so let's make it more confusing for you, like yeah, casting yeah, them, yeah. As, <laughs> like casting them as as it kind of as each other, you yeah, know, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. I think that's really good. I think the music and the building of tension oh, is brilliant. It's great. Very handsome. Must juicy hands in it yeah, reminds yeah. me of old don't Hitchcock care. films. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's very low strings yeah. throughout the whole film to the point where you don't even it's notice inverted. it. I thought it was. Yeah. Hans, yeah. I'm not listening to it, but, it, but who, who was it that did the soundtrack? It was Abel Kozniowski. First on your uh, your iTunes list right there. Uh, yeah, well... Funnily enough. Because it's A. I know, I know. <laughs> but, uh, That's but how the alphabet works, it's just, Dave. It's just, it's just a funny coincidence. It is, because... <laughs> That's the only artist on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that building of tension was done so well through the music for sure. It reminds me of like Psycho or mm. like you say Vertigo, yeah. Rear Window. There's an interesting th- music theory called the Shepherd Tone. All right. And when you're making, say it's just an eight bars piece of music, you um, transpose the pitch three times you low, medium and high. And the medium stays the same volume the whole way through of the eight bars the high excels in volume or decreases dependent and then the top end the opposite so it, it sounds like it's reaching something but it's not it's just looping and it keeps it's like it sounds like it's building and building it's disorientating it's just the, the exact same kind of it's like a, a mario the they'd never the castle yeah it's, oh, it's, right. it's shepherd tone it's I just was gonna this, mention that yeah like it, the, and it was like in yeah. the car and they did, 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 did you know yeah. like that part it's so just, it kind of makes you it plays with your emotions a yeah, little bit. Yeah, so well, you it, think I suppose it kind of winds you up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it Dunkirk, Dunkirk, the, the soundtrack, the TikTok, sounds like it's building and building. It's not, it's just a loop. I think you get that a lot with a lot of Christopher Nolan films. Oh, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you listen to the, the, when he made The Dark Knight, well. the Joker's tone is just one note, and it's just... And the, the and Batmobile. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it's the shepherd tone. Yeah. Very, and and I'd say sort of Hans Zimmer over the past about sort of 10 to 15 years, that has been what he's known for, that kind of that kind Tension. of tone. And warm. Yeah. yeah, and warmth, of warm. course. Yeah. <laughs> the creator of warmth. <laughs> he is the creator of warmth. He is the creator of warmth. <laughs> so we'll move on to next. If there's anything that you kind of, you perhaps dislike or would change... I'll come to you first, Luke, because um, we've we've spoken to the guys about what they like. Having watched it again, was there anything you think, oh, actually, I might change? Not necessarily, you don't have to find anything, but we always try and give a balanced argument. Is there anything you'd change? I don't want to say yeah, <laughs> because I love it, but I, I feel, I, I like the fact you never meet present day Edward, and mm. I feel like I wouldn't change that, but I would, I'd find it interesting if we did, but it was like the first scene and that was it. So I feel like it would just keep adding to like the, the whole story of is he going to come back or not? But I feel like it was a purpose thing. Obviously, it was. I think maybe was... maybe give give the audience a little bit more closure. Yeah, like it. I I've, I love the way he wasn't in it, like mm. present, like so I wouldn't. But I just think it'd be interesting if if they had some sort. Yeah, of... I can see that. What about yourself, Adam? Um, yeah, that's something I'd agree with. I think um, yeah, that that adding of closure in that those final moments. But then I think it's you kind of have closure in itself in the fact that he hasn't shown up to yeah, the, yeah, to the, yeah, to the dinner. That, yeah. um, and also a really minor thing, uh, Michael Sheen was really underused in this film. I think he, he has yeah. one line. Um, he was the, the gay husband. husband. Yeah, yeah. 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 purple blazer. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think he's such a great actor. And yeah, but it was a very, very good line. Oh, it was, a, it was a great line. <laughs> it, was it was a great line. Talking but about I, we're driven. But I, I just think it's interesting. You see someone like Isla Fisher and and Michael Sheen, and they're sort of they, they're so minimally in this film for such big actors, I which goes, I think is goes, sort of a testament to the to the to the film and the project itself. It goes to show how many people want to work with like Tom. Well, Ford, yeah, without yeah, yeah. people like that, clearly out of vision. Yeah, like yeah. The, you know, um, what about yourself, David? 
Anything you'd change? I mean, you don't you don't have to say anything. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where I'd have to watch it again to really think of something I'd change. I'm not really sure. I'm 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 terrible at thinking of criticisms on the first watch. Yeah, okay, I see it's, that. Uh, when, by the time I get to a third watch, I'm like, right, okay, bullet points. <laughs> yeah. but for well, now, I'd have to go watch and watch it, it two again. more times and come back to us. Yeah, it'll it'll be the second podcast that when, when we're talking about something entirely different. <laughs> He's like, oh, about nocturnal animals, but, and it just yeah. it, it occurs to me. Yeah. I think for me, I don't think there's a lot wrong with it. The, the there's two really minor, similar to yourself, Adam. There's two really minor things I'd say to it about it. It's a little dark at points, and I don't mean the subject matter. I mean it is literally Lit- a little oh, dark, yeah, like, dark. Like, like the like, Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, there was times I was watching it. I was like, I'm I'm not absolutely sure what's going on. Yeah. Like when they're driving in the desert. I know that's kind of the point. Mm. But we're just doing it in the interest of balance. There's also there's a f- quite a few like bath and shower scenes. I there's a lot of people in the shower in this film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta, so uh, many showers. Josh, you've got to be clean. You do got to be clean. I'm mean, just trying to advertise Dove bars or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just jealous because I don't have a shower or Sponsor a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like also with the film, a really important issue I feel like everyone forgets to think about with it is... The, the whole film is about him saying, like, fuck you, I can write a novel, mm. here's my novel. But then you think, could he have written that novel if that ha- didn't happen, if that bad relationship ended? Yeah. So, which therefore goes to the point where best creatively when we're a bit broken. And I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it's chicken and egg, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of and like, so I feel like it's really important, an important point, though. I, I completely agree. And I think. Um, Sort of to to the same extent, they do it in La La Land quite That's well. Awesome. In in the yeah. fact that you, they can't really be the creative people they want to be when they're together, and yeah, when they're yeah. away from each other, they go and thrive. And Next, I think that's that's there's there's uh, definitely a lot to it. You magnets. need that, you, like you say, you need that kind of uh, negative energy sometimes to to thrive creatively. Yeah, yeah. That that's where like a lot of the lyrics are after this film stem from the idea of that like yeah I praise the people who made that film to be honest like I, I was just that's, you know you just find that film like because I think there are a lot of films that I love in a different way but like I think Spirit of the Way is a similar experience Ooh, for beautiful me. movie yeah. like it, it's up, like, I feel like I put that in Nocturnal Animals in like a separate they're not films if you get me the, the experience yeah, is always the, the, so, sometimes things just speak to you Mm-hmm. depending on where you are in your life because you can revisit stuff and be like oh, oh yeah yeah you know or revisit and, th- and think it's better like we we did a film um before christmas where one of my favorite films is kiss kiss bang bang and i didn't feel like i did it justice in the episode yeah and that's because i realized i couldn't really justify the fact that i really like it because of my emotional baggage of i watched it with some friends so we were always quoting it to each other yeah that's not really good enough when you're doing a podcast so i kind of felt like i didn't justify it kind of mm-hmm. thing that's not to say that i don't like it but sometimes you can't always interpret well, I just like it, or yeah, I just yeah, saw yeah. it at the right yeah. time in the right way. I think that's what Almost Famous was for me. I think seeing it at sort of 13, 14, 15, that kind of yeah. age, it was the right time to see that film and kind of the effect it had on me kind of as a person. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think when you're doing this podcast, when you're doing this sort of thing and you're picking films, we quite often, we 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 all we try to pick films that aren't necessarily, we're not that emotionally attached to, but we all have done. And in, yeah. in, in that particular mm. one, almost famous for Adam, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for me, I'm not sure what it would be for Al. Um, but Probably Ferdinand. Yeah, probably Ferdinand. <laughs> probably, um, I don't know, he didn't pick Austin Powers, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he hated Austin Powers. Um, no, and, it, and it's, I think those are the episodes you come away and you think, nah, didn't really do myself justice. Yeah, it's there. funny, isn't and, it? And it's not because you can't. No, because you can't I'm still recreate that. Right yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah, you can't recreate just that feeling to... of oh, because I just it just hit me in, yeah. in the sweet yeah. spot. Because the film meant so much to you, you're like, oh, I really want this to be a good episode because I love this film so much. But sometimes they end up being sort of the worst episodes because you put a, maybe not so much pressure on it, but because you're like, everything was great. Yeah. I loved it. Why don't you all like it? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, if you don't like it, you're clearly wrong. Yeah, that is what I'm like. <laughs> like you didn't like it you, go this is well here here's the list go of why somewhere. you're wrong about leave me, leave me alone dude so we'll move on to the, the questions section where we kind of address things that might have come up uh, during the film so if you do have any throw them out to everybody that's cool the first one I could think of was what what genre would you say this is Adam 
Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because it's almost like you'd almost say it's a thriller mm. in terms of in terms of like what happens in it. But then at the same time, it's kind of like an anti-romance, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to kind of nail it down. To, yeah, it's kind, yeah. Of, it's kind of like hard to nail it down to one particular thing. I think it's kind of like action thriller, but I think it's doing it a disservice to call it that because of kind of the depth of the, of the story itself. It is, I think a lot of the best films play with the genre in different ways. And it's that thing of, it's almost like it could be a horror, it could be a thriller, it could be... A, just a drama. I mean, it's obviously it's not a comedy. It's yeah, not a sure. musical <laughs> or whatever. But the, but it plays with genre. I mean, what about you, Dave? What would you say it is in terms of genre? Um, you, I mean, you can list like you just said. You can list the things that it's not. Mm. But it's 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 multi-genre. I mean, that's that's for certain. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it tells the line. It's it it does. It's. I think I I, I have got to say uh, it. Because it depends on what narrative it is. In certain narratives, it is a thriller. Mm. But when it's in reality, it is, like you said, anti-romance. It is just like a fuck you yeah. kind of film. Well, it's funny because it's almost like there's, it's almost like there's the genre of the book she's reading and then the genre of the film. Yeah, It's definitely. like almost two separate things. I mean, what would you say yourself, Luke? It, interesting you said before, like, it, it, like it, it, people mess with the genre of the, of the film they make and like, they go in and out of different ones. And I feel like that's why it's very important why I don't think we should really be trying to put it into a genre. It's, it's like, almost, I think yeah. at the end of the day, it's a thriller. You know, the, the screenplay you're watching, it's a thriller. Mm-hmm. But like, it's it's also, it's just, to me, it's a piece of drama. It's a piece of art, almost, yeah. fun, funnily enough. About, it's about yeah. art and so on. I think, it's I it's think almost it, easy, easy to say what it's not than what it is. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I think a lot of the best films, like you say, it's not there to be like pigeonholed and it, it's yeah, this. Yeah. You know, you know when you're watching a Judd Apatow comedy or a you know a comic book film, you know what you're going in for. But this is a lot more intellectual. It's open to interpretation. And I think the best films do that, yeah. and I think that's what the Shining. This, the Shining. Yeah. It kind of when it's open to interpretation, it kind of feels like the, the, there's more than what the movie offered. Like it's yeah. it's, it's like you go off mm. the movie, it's like oh, it's not over because there's more for me to learn. And it doesn't yeah. like obviously Lucas. Has managed to extrapolate a lot of the meaning and the layers and stuff, and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't spoon feed you that you have to look yeah. for it. And I think that's what it's really good at. But that is also the flip side of that is you do have to concentrate whilst you're watching it, like we've already yeah. said. Um, I suppose slightly easier question to answer or or not, depending on what you think of. Why do you think Amy Adams doesn't play the character in the book? She is too scared, or she is too in denial. So when reading it identify her as the the wife of who is she yeah. who she can't put herself in that place yeah she, yeah, she yeah, can't yeah, yeah. she's she, she's in denial she won't she's putting this story together the red couch the green car her ex-husband is the guy and her daughter is a ginger um a woman putting all this together and yet she won't put herself in where she knows is, is, face yeah, it. she kind of has to just disassociate herself yeah. from the story yeah. but, to, but, to make but, it seem less real in her own mind. Even so, with Dial of Fisher, who is yeah. also someone who you would you would agree looks like her, yeah, and and you know similarly acts like her facially and and I guess just from an acting point of view, I think that also shows even though she's trying so hard not to make her the, that character, mm. there's still something slipping through. That's why it's mm. Isle of Fish. Honestly, what's blowing my mind is maybe because I was very tired and didn't read the credits, I thought that was her. Oh, yeah, oh, really? Loads I thought, people said I that, thought yeah, that yeah. was her. Because yeah, they said. look so similar. Mm, I, just, yeah. I thought to myself, it looks a little bit different, but maybe it's just a lighting. But my, but that, but now that you said it, it's like, wow, I really well, can't see it. Your young Jake had the excuse of no beard and yeah, makeup. And like, yeah, it's very dark when she's yeah, in there as well. Yeah. You know what yeah. I would have loved to see, and this would have been very Kubrick, um, if in certain elements it was her but just for flashes oh yeah so yeah. like when they're grabbing her it might just flash to be her for a second then the next time you yeah, see her it's, yeah. it's back to isla fisher mm. but that's just me i love it when you talk about a film like this in such in depth and you interpret the film it's got the image of like if maybe someone listened to it like the director you'd just be thinking well she was too busy she was making yeah. three films that yeah, year yeah. and i couldn't afford the time yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um just can't be asked yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um 
and then this was the final question, and this is you can go as deep as you like with this, or you can give me one sentence depending on what you think. I'll start with you, Adam. What do you think the message of the film is? If there is one, it doesn't have to be. Ah, that's that's a very I think that's a very big question. Um, I don't know. I, I, for, for, I, I think I think the message of the film really is revenge. I think it's that thing of he's proved her wrong, mm. and even and it's sort of like he's had the ha- he's had the last laugh in that here's my book. And I think one of the big things for me was and it's something like I noticed uh, in the that restaurant scene is she wasn't wearing her her wedding ring. Mm. And I think that that was so very symbolic of where she was kind of mentally and emotionally in terms of how she viewed him, that she felt she'd made a mistake. She's gone, she's gone to have the, the meal with him, maybe to rekindle things, especially with the fact that it was clear that her husband was cheating on her. Um, and he's just had that kind of ultimate disrespect of, nope, I've had the last laugh. You're there on your own. My book's probably going to be a success. Mm. So you think it's revenge? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's revenge. revenge. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Uh, I'll I'll say it this way in three words and one letter: Fuck you, I win. Do you think that's the message? Yes. Tom Ford's saying, "Fuck you, I win." Well, well, not not him directly. Um, <laughs> you know, Take the, that, the, 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 Klein, rather, yeah. rather the message of the character. Yeah, but uh, but but the director's the, the the message of Tom Ford. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would just agree to to that point. Uh, it's, it's, it is mainly just about revenge. Well, sometimes they're just telling a story. There doesn't yeah. always have to be a message, yeah. but I think this does have one. But you... the message that's communicated through the main character is that it's a big fuck you. Yeah, it, it, it is. For, and not just through, like... like the, the book shows it through very physical means, through mm. very brutal, dark physical means. And he shows it through the means that, that, that suit him best, which is almost kind of passive-aggressive. Passive-aggressively. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that that seemed to be his his the when he was the real person. It was all quite passive aggressive, and, and again, that shows kind of again going back to that weakness of him as him as a person that he couldn't sort of say it to her. This is his way of doing it. I'm just going to let that sit. Luke, I'm intrigued. What do you think the message is? I feel like um, you disagree. Yeah, I do disagree. Yeah. Actually, I, I I well, I agree. It definitely is about revenge, but I think that's. The message coming from her mind, she thinks it's about revenge. Mm. But we're forgetting Jake Gyllenhaal's um, Edward Sheffield. He says the message of the film when they break her up in the street. He says, do you love me? She says, yeah. He goes, well, when you love someone or something, you can't let just let that go. You've got to fight for it. You've got to keep hold of it. No matter what, if you love, love that, don't be so naive. Keep hold of that. And I feel... Although he is getting revenge, it's not so much an angry or... It could be, but it's not meant to be... It's more like, I told you. Like, ah, yeah, mm. I told it's, you so. It's, it's, you were saying it, she had the wedding ring off. She was regretting it. She said his name out loud when she read the book she had Edward. It's all getting to that point of, he was right. Like, you know, if you do love someone or something. So it could be it could be a job. It could be... A, it's just anything. I think the whole message is when you love something or someone... Don't go against the grain with it. Don't like try and push it away. You know, work at it. And like, all right, maybe it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Like, who knows? But I feel like that's important. Like he says it. His character says it, and that resonated with me the most for the message yeah. of the film. Mm. And see, I I kind of agree a little bit with what you've also, but I also think it's a little bit kind of about not compromising. I think it's about not giving up on what really matters for material possessions, kind of thing. Because I think she she leaves Jake Gyllenhaal she kind of stops believing in him and then goes with Army Hammer and she has all the clothes and money and lovely stuff in the world and a successful mm. job but she's unhappy and yeah. I think it's about compromising what you really want for what is maybe the best thing to do or maybe I suppose a simpler way to put it would be you know believing in or, what you love kind yeah, of thing right. yeah. yeah. exactly though yeah no. or, or material possessions can't fill a void yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. we got deep here didn't we yes we did yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. it's just about you know some some things some some things require like meaning can't be bought and some things just do require i think it shows the i think it shows in the film some people are happy with that yeah, you know, yeah, their husbands, sure. the people that they are, she, like, yeah, it, her it, it made a very, yeah, her parents, exactly. It made a very good point of her not enjoying it compared <laughs> yeah. to everyone. Like, she was very miserable, she was very isolated, 
but like everyone giving advice were content in that in that yeah. material world. Maybe yeah, find what you actually yeah. like and don't compromise on that. Mm. Yeah, and well, like then that goes that back to Jake's character saying, mm. you know, you might love your materialistic things, but that is not what it's not what the love is, whether that's relationship or a, a, I like you know love in general. Don't let that go for something else. As you said, as the Beatles, to compromise. As the Beatles once said, "Can't buy me love. love." Well, I suppose moving on then to to the the usual kind of critical reception and how we think it was received, and if we think that's fair. To give you a general idea, we don't tend to put numbers on it, but in reference to uh, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at about seventy four, seventy three percent from both audience and critics. IMDb seven and a half, so more or less the same on yeah. both websites. Do we think that's fair? I think it's a little low. You, know, you think yeah, that's a little low? I'd be looking more the eight. Yeah, I think an higher. eight is about right for me. Okay. Yeah, what, do you, what do you think, Dave? I tend to look at like what it was rated before watching the movie, and I did think to myself, like, oh, 7.5, let's see how this is. And I, I got finished watching it, I thought, uh, like, I, could see, I could see why some people would rate it low because maybe they misunderstood several themes about it. But it's subjective. But yeah. It, it's subject, yeah, it's subjective. But like, I think it deserves higher, you know. Obviously, obviously it's an average. Yeah, but it is, But yeah. it's, uh, I think overall it, deserve, it did deserve about an eight. I, I, I did enjoy it. It was, it was Luke, a very probably good Probably no movie, so. need to. <laughs> I no, I don't, I don't, I don't, if you, if you didn't understand it, then fine. Yeah. Like, rate it, rate it however you want. But like, you say that was underrated. I, uh, I don't know if it is like. Uh, so I mean, you say it's subjective, isn't if, it? If, so. if t- to me, yeah, like to me, it's one, it's ten, like you know, yeah. well, it's one of them. Like, oh, we should never give a ten on a film, but why? It doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like I love that film, and mm. to me, I think everybody should understand mm. it. They don't, and that's fine. I think, in all honesty, I thought it was lower than that. I, like, yeah. I, I thought, from my memory, it would have been lower than that. Just, just, but that's based on me thinking not everyone understood it. I suppose the, mm. the the figures I've 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 given to you there are based on people who will literally go on a website and rate it. So very few people go on those websites unless there's a targeted thing and yeah. give poor reviews. Yeah, so which yeah, is yeah. why I suppose things like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes can sometimes either be really skewed or sometimes be really accurate yeah. of the general consensus. Yeah. I think that's about right. What those ratings say, I think, is a, for me what I thought is right, but I do think the film should be seen more. So sometimes yeah, we say, sometimes yeah. we say it's, it's not necessarily underrated because those ratings for me are, reflect maybe a little bit under what I thought, but I do think more people should see it because I think it's a really Definitely. interesting film. Yeah. It's certainly yeah. one I think it could be shown in stuff like film theory on construction and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. It? Yeah. So. It's a, it could be studied in literature, I think, as a film, yeah. or like, mm. you know... Uh, I'd say the same thing about Adam Sandler's That's My Boy. <laughs> Would you? We'll go underseen, um, possibly underrated then. Yeah, generally. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> underrated, but it should be seen more. So I think whilst we've got you, we should have a little bit of a chat about you guys as musicians um, and all as right. a band and all that. Obviously, yeah. there's two of you here, but there's, there's six or five? Five, five of us. Five, five. Yeah. Um, I mean, how did you guys kind of... You've been together a couple of years, haven't you? Maybe two yeah, years so... Yeah, well, our drummer Alex, I, I, I just came out of a band as a guitarist, and um, I was going out around Crosby and seeing Alex drum in a band, and then like thought he's alright him, and then a few months passed, he fell out of that band, and my friend Joel was friends with Alex and sort of got us together to go and have a jam, and it went well, and then a few weeks later met David on a night out. Yes. Like he was in my sister's year at school, but we didn't really know. Like we just bumped into each other by chance, spoke about music. I mm. showed you a tune or two, and then he came along to play bass guitar, and then uh, my friend James came along to play guitar. Um, Nathan, who's in the band now, he wasn't at the time, but he got me onto James. He joined the band. I suppose about a year we've been a proper band. I reckon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just over here, we, you know, pinpoint Nocturnal Coast, and uh, just a few months ago, Nathan joined on keys. who was my best mate from school, so like we're all sort of like best mates or from the same school. So it it's a tight unit, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you were gonna ask this, but I was just gonna say, how would you kind of like describe your sound? I feel like to describe. Shall we? Shall we say moonlight? Yeah, like one time, like a, ven- a venue asked me for like a, a little bio, 
and like you know about the band to put yeah. i just thought i'd take the mic and like put like uh what's about like dark moon synergy or something <laughs> but like after a few weeks i was like it kind of is like you got them heavy guitars and like synergy having like all different inputs of energy come together to create that dark moon i feel like that is kind of like that like i mean in my opinion we're just which is a fucking rock band like mm. like all right we we can mm. i can sit there all like i've always said no rules like uh, i studied music theory of classical like i did about dissonance how to write motifs like scales but at the end of the day i've never sat down and been like how do i write with rules like yeah, you're not a tricky yeah. band yeah though, and like know, but that, that's i'm happy like D- like david is the exact like there's so many like as tune thanks for coming mm. like there's a couple of notes that like aren't in the scale and no one has ever said that that like I purposely made sure it didn't have. To, it doesn't have to be a certain way. It as long as it to me feels emotional or like it, it reaches a certain yeah. a certain thing because we just went with it, didn't we? Like it, it, mm. it, it's the song. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. Um, is is there an artist or a couple of artists you'd kind of like to emulate in terms of success or anything like that? Many. <laughs> Damon Albarn, Sampha, um, cheeky girls. Yeah, probably. Really yeah. love Samford. Yeah, yeah. Samford's Sam. great. Yeah, yeah like well, yeah. I think he's like the next Damon Albarn. Mm. I think like just that it's like observational lyricism without being observational. Almost like we have a song called "Thick Lost Looks," and the opening lyric I wrote was the the scent that sends sleepers to slip, combined with all those pretty lips, and like that's just like me looking at a bar and seeing like people like are too tired to be up but they're out anyway mm. and they're trying to show off with like how they're talking like yeah i know what you mean it's, it's that yeah. kind of witty witty observational sense metaphor heavy like um so where, where can people kind of get hold of your music is it in all the usual places all that sort of stuff yeah yeah we're on um instagram uh facebook and twitter all just nocturnal coast because they weren't taken you know it's uh and, so, and we must emphasize coast because yeah the amount of times that I've had to tell people it's coast, not ghost, toast, post. When I send uh, emails yeah. to people, I'll put nocturnal post as the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you can build a real and, brand uh, yeah, there. Yeah. And we're gonna plug our nocturnal coasters. Yeah, we're gonna try uh, and make coasters <laughs> with QR codes yeah. on the back. Any upcoming gigs? Check your check your Facebook out and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, just check us out on on the web. Okay, Man. lovely. Okay, well, we'll move on to this week's game. Um, we usually play, uh, this view that we usually play a little game of kind of Connect Four, but I'm going to change it a little bit this week, make it a little bit easier. I'll give you an actor, and you name as many films as you can in 10 seconds. person who names the most films for that actor wins. Um, no franchise cheating, so if I say Daniel Craig, you can't name four Bond films. And also, what I will say, I'm going to take it alternate turns so that the other person can't constantly name... Okay. The films the other person Like a penalty shoot. Yeah, yeah, like a penalty shoot. shootout, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, we'll go alphabetical order. So that is Adam. Right. <laughs> um, so 10 seconds. Um, your first actor is Owen Wilson. Go. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, that's one. Um, Wedding Crashes. Two. Uh, Marley and Me. That's three, and that's 10 seconds. Luke, mm. 10 seconds. Oh, God. Right. Starting from, in a moment, and your actor is Will Ferrell. Ten seconds starting from now. Anchorman, the other guys. <laughs> Will fucking Ferrell. <laughs> um, Anchorman, <laughs> the other guys. That's ten uh, seconds. Home. Go on, give we'll give you that one. Yes. That's three, we'll give you that yeah. one. That was, that was into that was, 11 seconds there. That was, I disagree. No, too late. Right. We'll give you that one. I wish I got Will Ferrell. I, <laughs> I, I never sent me Will Ferrell films. I, I don't really like him, so yeah, it's a bit controversial, that one, isn't it? I would have had a bunch in that one. Okay, Adam, 10 seconds. Your actress or actor is Reese Witherspoon. 10 seconds starting from now. Uh, legally Blonde, Sweet Home, Alabama, uh, Cruel Intentions... <sighs> Um, I think I might be spent on those to be honest that's 10 that's seconds it. that's 3 that was good that was good Go yeah I was surprised I, I didn't think I was going to cool Intentions is a good film yeah great film yeah. okay Luke your next performer is Vince Vaughn 10 seconds start from fuck you Matt now I don't know Vince Vaughn Can <laughs> what does he look like you don't know who Vince Vaughn is I can't, I can't put a face on him do you want me to pass it over to Adam 
Oh no! Wait! No! No! no. Keep, keep that Vince for. Keep that Vince for. No, because I'm gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, will ten seconds, but that I couldn't. I can't put a face on him. Go on, I'll pass it over to Adam. Oh god! Ten seconds, starting from now. Wedding crashes. Um, Anchorman. Oh, um, the breakup. Um, oh, what's that film called when he's in Vegas? Um, That's ten. It was Swingers. You were thinking Swingers of. with the beautiful uh, babies. Three. Go on, let's do Vince Vaughn again. I'll do him. Go on, you want to do Vince Vaughn? Let's name him. Right, your performer is Kate Winslet. Ten seconds starting now. Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. Fucking. That's ten seconds. That's one. I Come see on. you've been getting this technique who, from my house. how I usually play the game. Who else? What, what other film is she in? Uh, Revolutionary uh, Road. Yeah, the Reader. Um, the Reader? Is she in The Reader? Is she in The Reader? Is that yeah, her? that's yeah, her. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That's a, oh, that's one of my favourite films, Dave. Yeah. Was it? Read the book. Um, so the Holiday. The Holiday. I, I don't really know much else. The though. Divergent. I don't films. know. She was the reader. Christmas Carol. Fuck. Mm. I'm so disappointed. Are you behind? Are you, I didn't know it, she was in a Christmas Carol. She, so, she, she did a single for it. Really? Yeah. 10 seconds starts in a moment, Luke. And your actor is Samuel L. Jackson. Go. Hateful Eight. Star Wars. Django Unchained. Um. Samuel L. Jackson is also in... <laughs> oh, it's Fury, Avengers. Go on, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that one. All right, that's four. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Fury. I'm furious. <laughs> right, I'm going to go to a last round. Sudden death. I'm going to say an actor. Uh, uh, I'm going to say an actor who is not written down there. Okay. And you're going to name it. There's no time limit. And you're going to name films from each to each other, taking it in turns. First person to blank or hesitate. Yes. Based on a couple of seconds. This is not going to go loses. long, by the way. This oh, is yeah. not going to be long. Come on, Jay Journal. <laughs> Starting with Adam. Of course. Okay. It is. Morgan Freeman. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Bruce Almighty. The Bucket List. Oh, you fuck. I was going to say Bucket List. <laughs> um, Evan Almighty it's not a franchise fair enough Seven Now You See Me Dark Knight shit yeah I remember that <laughs> um, you fucking hit me with seven hit me with seven um, Martin Freeman Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Yeah, Anyway, good game. Good game. Well, I think that's uh, just about everything. Thank you uh, very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the pod, the pod's email is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias uh, at films and underscore that on Twitter, films and that pod uh, on Instagram, and we're on uh, we're on Facebook. Um Thanks very much, Luke. Yeah, nice one. Thanks very much, Dave. Thank you very much as well. Um, and it's goodbye from Adam. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Thanks very much for coming on, chaps. Cheerio. Hello, Josh here again. I just wanted to take another little minute to say thanks again for downloading the podcast. It really is greatly appreciated. If you do like it, then please like, subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Special mentions go to Lee for the music, Luke for the logo and Abby for producing, editing and generally putting up with us. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Thanks once again. Cheerio. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.